You are listening to King Jesus Radio. I think we're on. Praise hey, the Lord. We're live and alive. <laughs> yeah, we're live and alive. Amen. I like that. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Bible study. <laughs> it's kind of like feels like weird. It's been you know, last week we didn't have it, and then to come back is like two weeks from from before. Well, yeah. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us tonight. Looking forward to what the Lord has prepared, and and uh, just want to just thank you guys for being together with us tonight. Yes. Amen. And uh, just looking forward to what the Lord has, and as He teaches us tonight, pray that we all have. Uh, you know, just willing hearts and uh, teachable hearts. I think that's most important. Yeah, yeah. teachable, pliable. Yeah, teachable, pliable, and bendable. bendable. Yeah, to be transformed. Yeah, breakable. Open. Yeah. There we go. Open. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just coming before the Lord and and just thanking Him for His Word as we as He teaches us His Word by His Spirit. Amen. So we're gonna get started this night and uh, let these gonna open us up with a word of prayer this night. Heavenly Father, we come before you this evening, Lord, thanking you, Father, for your faithfulness, Lord, and for being so good to us, Lord. Thank you, Father, that we're able to come together, Lord, and be able to be, Father, Lord, in your word, Lord Jesus, learning and, Father, being open to what you have to speak to us today, Lord. Thank you, Father, for bringing us, Father, Lord, here, saved, Father, for bringing all of us, Father, as everybody's joining, Lord, and, Lord, we're here, Father, together, Lord, and we're here to hear your word. Thank you, Father, for being our help in our time of need, for being our provider, and for ministering to our hearts when we need it, Father, and for being our strength. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, thank you, Jesus. Oh, hi, Manny. Hi, Sammy. Good to see hey. you guys. Hi, guys. Thank you guys for joining us. Hi, Sister Rosalind. Good to see you as well. And everybody else here joining us today. Praise God. Good to see you guys. Hey, Sammy. <laughs> Amen. And your Amen. family. And all the family and everyone else that's with you guys and the rest. Yes. Hey, that's good. Oh, sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Amen. I'm not getting on my phone, guys. I'm just going to get a, a real quick for the um, for the announcements. And uh, so the announcements this week, uh, we are having prayer on Friday. So we will be study the study of God's word and prayer this Friday. And we will be in the book of John chapter 19, verse 1 through 16, okay? So it'll be John chapter 19, verse 1 through 16. And there definitely is a theme through all the prayer. Uh, we do have elections coming up, and there's many different things. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be seeking the Lord, not so much, um, the, you know, through it, I believe that the Lord will weigh on our hearts, you know, as far as voting, but more or less in a sense to remind it that whoever is in power, whoever is in that place, to always be reminded that God placed them there. And that no matter what, God has all the power and all the authority. So the next couple of weeks in prayer, you're really going to see this come out. And this is this is a good scripture here that we're going to be praying through. John chapter 19, verse 1 through 16. And really, this is I think believe this is very important for any leader in, in, in any type of position in our government to make sure that they're there was a call the understanding. And if not, the Lord let them know. Amen. So that will be our prayer this coming Friday. And then on Sunday morning at the 915 service um, for the prayer in the morning, it will be Ezra chapter nine, verse five through nine. And we are continuing to, to go through the book of Ezra. So those will be uh, what's going on in these next couple of days. Amen. So uh, we'll be having the live stream up on, uh, on Sunday morning for the prayer. And then we do shut down and then we restart it again for the 1045 service. And we do want to, you know, apologize for some of the uh, um, 
I know we've been having a couple of technical issues as far as the stream and different things. You know, sometimes internet connection, we really have no control over that. So we've sorted out some bugs. We're still working on it. We're learning through it. And, uh, you know, again, bear with us because we're learning. Amen. So try to bring it up as fast as we can. Yes. Thank amen. You for so rejoining us when that happens. Yeah. So if it shuts down, you may just have to rejoin. And, uh, you know, I know it can kind of get a little confusing, but we're getting there and we're believing that the Lord is, is, is helping us to get, to, you know, to make sure we keep that connection going. So praise God. But again, thank you guys again for joining us. That Those that are here, those that are joining us online. And it's just it's really just a blessing just to see how the Lord is you know, using all of us to, to be able to serve together. Amen. So uh, thank you guys again for, for everything and all your prayers. And let's continue to pray and continue to serve God together. Amen. So uh, we do see this sister Josie on there and sister Linda. So God bless you guys as well. We see you guys there. Amen. Well, we see you in the chat. I can't, we can't see to the screen or anything like that, but you know, we know you guys are with us. So praise God and, and everybody else. We do see the you know viewers on here as well. So we're really looking forward to it. It's funny because you know, we don't really get to see ourselves on the the stream. I mean, it's, it's you know, so sometimes we'll have to go back and, you know, look. And I think one of the times we looked at it real quick and I was like, dang, it's like, you know, we have a TV. So it's like, oh, it's a bigger screen. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know, we got to make sure we're not, our face is not directly into the to the screen because if not, you're just going to see our, our heads. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, on a phone or on a on a laptop or something, a little bit easier. But on the big, you know, if you got a big screen TV, they just it's it's uh yeah, it's funny. So we're trying to get the best angle. Of <laughs> yeah, and then if you got that HD, man, you've seen all my imperfections and everything. Uh oh, <laughs> amen. Well, again, it was like, oh, we're gonna get started tonight, and uh, we're starting up in the Book of Acts, chapter nine tonight, and we're gonna be going through verse one through nineteen. So. You know, me and Letty kind of sat down and, and got together on this and, and uh, as we're putting this study together. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit different in how the Lord is bringing it out tonight. But it's, it is the word of God. And, uh, you know, we're going to just study together. Amen. So we're just looking forward to that. Praise God. So uh, um, let's go to Acts chapter nine, verse one through 19. And again, Lord, we just thank you for your word tonight, Lord, in Jesus name. And so we're going to look at Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 19. We're going to read it, and then we're going to come back, and we'll start to talk a little bit more about it and break it down here. So I'm out of the English Standard Version, so if yours, yours reads a little bit different, you know, it's because it's probably a different translation, but it should be the Word of God. <clears throat> so it says here, But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, um, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. <clears throat> but rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. 
for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he arose and was baptized and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. Amen. So I'm going to go here. Okay, so I had a little message there, guys. And last time I just clicked something, the whole stream went down. So I had to be very careful on that. So this is our scripture tonight that we're going to be kind of looking at it and breaking down. And the, the key word out of that is, who are you? Okay. And that's pretty much what we're looking at tonight. Is And you'll see that it was here in the scripture when, when Saul, you know, has that vision. I mean, that's one of the first questions he asks is, who are you? Or who are you, Lord? You know, so, I mean, pretty much, I mean, why would anybody ask that question? know who it is. <laughs> I don't know you. Who are you? Who are you? Yeah. Who are you? You know, what are you doing here? You know, and, and uh, definitely, I mean, that, that if you're, if somebody's asking that question because they, well, they don't know who you are, you know, it's like, you know, you may get a text and it's just a random text and they, you know, they're talking to you, you know, like send you a text like, Hey, how's it going? It's been a while. This and that. He was like, you know, I got a new phone or maybe I deleted the number or whatever it may be. And you're like, man, I don't know who this is. You're like, who is this? You know, or, you know, who, who are you? You know, or you run into somebody or something and, you know, it's like, who are you? You know, and it's usually the only type, you know, you ask that question is, well, when you don't know someone. When you don't know. Yeah, because even if you get starstruck and you see a celebrity, you're like, hey, who are you? You're like, hey, so-and-so. Mm -hmm. So you must not know the person to ask. It's like those dumb ads that come out, <laughs> like those ones on the on your phone when you're looking at a news feed or something. And then on the bottom, it has all those other, like, tabs they want you to click on. And usually one of those did not even know who was they were taking the picture with or something <laughs> like that they want you to click on it guys don't click on those things man they just take you you know <laughs> so um but those are the type of you know that's pretty much what we're looking at today and that's why this word is so important today this would be kind of like a heart of our of the scripture tonight is who are you and it's coming from a place to well this is you know obviously someone who didn't know who this was who he was seeing you know, and as we look at this today, I mean, it's it's amazing. You know, what one of the main things that really stood out to me, and we were kind of talking about it, was the fact that many times, you know, we we look at the book of Acts and we look at the Bible and we look at so many things, and many times we're looking at it and saying, "Man, I, why can't we have experiences like that?" Or why can't I have a conversion like Saul? You know, and I've heard that before, you know, man, you know, it's like, I, I wish I had a conversion like Saul, you know, I just, you know, want the heavens to open up and, you know, and, and we always look to the Bible for, you know, we were, we're fascinated with the things that are written and said, but many times we can kind of become discouraged because it's like, well, that didn't happen for me, or is this for today? Or, you know, and we can kind of get discouraged or I don't know, how would you describe that? Like, I guess disillusion because you have expectations. Yeah. It's either you heard of something, you know of someone's transformation or someone's experience, and you're hoping you're just going to 
be as great or even greater. So yeah, you're, you're disillusioned. Yeah, that's the right word for disillusioned in it. And, and so therefore, we're always striving to make something or create something because we want to well, I want exactly what the Bible's, you know, talking about and different things. And, you know, and there's so many other things that we don't quite understand or we weren't there, you know. So, you know, and, and you can't make God do anything. You can't, you know, it's they're just, you know, we can't do that. We, we've understood that that just doesn't happen. I mean, God works differently in everybody, you know, and everybody's conversion was different. Everybody that has come to the Lord was, you know, similar places, but, you know, different. definitely different. You know, and and um, but what I would really is, you know, we're, we're studying this, you know, one of the things I would love for us to really see in this and actually through this whole portion of scripture really is really seeing yourself. Yeah. You know, seeing ourselves, through. seeing ourselves through it, really thinking about when you gave your life to the Lord, when the Lord became known to you. And, you know, some people will say you became God conscious, you know, type of deal. Um, I couldn't find another word for that, but it, it, it makes sense. It's, you know, you become God conscious and or at least Christ Jesus conscious, you know, because maybe you believed in God or you knew of God or you heard of God. But to really become Christ conscious, to know Jesus and to know really who he is and what he did for you and what he did for us, um, I believe is a different place. I mean, you know. Um, or maybe didn't know God at all, you know, or just had an idea or he was just some random entity or power or force or mother nature or, you know, just a random, you know, or whatever it may be. But, you know, regardless, we all had a way of kind of, you know, seeing who God is. I mean, how was, how was, your, how was your outlook on, on God or Christ Jesus growing up? Someone big. Supernatural. I wasn't told he was supernatural or above in heaven, but I just I was like, wow, like I just thought he was something to marvel at. But not see, but always be having that desire to want to know who is this that I feel drawn to be to marvel at, you know. Not knowing them. Because I don't think it was revealed as a kid. You just wonder like, well, where is all this coming from? We exist, but why? But I, yeah, it was just more of a marvel to me. He was more of a marvel. Amen. And, you know, and it really comes, I mean, I grew up in church, you know, as a kid, they would take me to church and stuff. I wouldn't say grow up like we were constantly involved and everything like that, but we were part of a lot of different things growing up. And, and uh, you know, I had a stepdad in the men's home, you know, my mom met him there. And, you know, we were, we were kind of, in, you know, involved in, you know, this part of a church and stuff like that for a long time. And, you know, and, and I got to know the name of Jesus. I got to know, I believe the Lord, you know, I, I believe he was in my heart or, you know, I, I knew about Jesus. And, but, you know, growing up as a kid, it's like you more or less learn Jesus in a sense of like, um, he's going to protect me. He's going to provide for me. Or, you know, it's, he's watching over me, you know, different things like that. I didn't really fully understand the servant part. I didn't really understand like his call and his, you know, his gifts and and um, and just the different things as far as being in a relationship with Christ Jesus. That was something I really didn't understand or really know, you know, and, and you know, you're always, I was a child, you know, and it's like any child, you know, you're going to see what you're able to know him for. And so that's why even as, a, as those that today are, are Christians, you know, barely giving their lives to the Lord, they know him from where they're at today. And that's OK. 
you know, we should never look and judge someone while no, this and that. It's like, no, the Lord will reveal in time when that time comes that, the, you know, the, the greater call, the, the, the greater purpose and and to know him even deeper and more intimately, you know, and, and um, you know, but I believe that was definitely a foundation for me, you know, and I thank God that, uh, that I was able to have that opportunity to be able to, you know, see Christ and know him that way, or at least know of him. You know, and and when we really look at this, I mean, this is this conversion, I believe, is something that we all have. And we can't we you know we can look at Paul and say, man, well, I didn't have that type. But reality of it is through this teaching, I, you know, my prayer is that you really see, because even in the second part of this, it's like we get to see that there's also a purpose for you and me. And there's something more than just, you know, knowing Jesus to pray for my food or knowing Jesus when I get in the car to go on, a, you know, to before I go to work or something. It's it's so much more because it's a relationship, you know, and this is where, you know, we, we're going to really see this happen in Paul's life. So, you know, I'm, you know, that's uh, that's a blessing. It really encouraged me and really gave me peace in this and just joy as we were studying this yesterday. You know, and really look, I actually have been reading it for a while and, and continuing just to, you know, as the Lord is just showing through that. But so let's let's look at a couple of things here as we really see this. And again, our prayer is that you guys will also see yourself in this and really realize that, you know what, when you gave your life to the Lord, this was a miracle and it was a great place to know the Lord. And for those that haven't fully came to know the Lord, there will come that day. And I believe that the Lord is able to meet. We're going to see this you know, through this, because you can look at your life and you can look at the lives of others. And maybe there's someone you're still believing for that. It just seems like just impossible, man. But we're going to look at someone that, you know, what's going to really turn things around and give us that encouragement and hope again that like, man, no, you know what, Lord, it is possible. So let's look at verse nine. It says, but Paul, I'm, I'm sorry, chapter nine, verse one through two, it says, but Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Okay. And when it's referring to the way, it's referring this was before they were called Christians. They were called the way. And you can actually, you know, when you look at it, you can really find this in John chapter 14, verse 6. If you want to read that, let you read that one for us. But this is, you know, we, we do hear this. And this is who they became known as. 14.6. Uh -huh, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. So the way. And Jesus is the way. So this is how they referred to Christians back then before they were actually called Christians. That's how they knew they were well, believers. Believers, well, you're yeah. Of the way. You're of the way. Yeah. And and I think it's actually kind of cool. I mean, we can still do that, right? You're of the way, you know, new living way. <laughs> Amen. So and, and this is what it's referring to. But it's amazing because when you look at this, you, you we see like, you know, we see Saul. I mean, it says still breathing threats. This was after they had they killed Stephen. This was, you know, and, and they started to see like, oh, we need to do something about this. And in reality, it is this showing that, you know, Saul was at enmity with God because he wasn't coming against the people but he was coming against god not realizing it though and hostility. that hostility and so you know we we definitely get to see this in there and you see that he was he wasn't just words saul was a man of action i mean he is going and saying hey I, i'm looking for this authority i'm looking for this right to be able to go and do this and to fulfill what needs to be done here and so he's not it's he's a man of action 
You know, this is an active role in his, in this life, and it's against the way, against Christ, against the church. And so we're seeing him putting this into, you know, into effect, basically. He was speaking it, so he was about to write. Yeah, and he was doing everything in his power to do so. And we might say, well, how does that pertain to me? Well, reality it is that, I mean, the Bible says we were all at enmity with Christ. We were all at enmity with God. We were enemies. We Whether were, we see it that way or not, we were because we were we were not for him. Mm -hmm. We didn't know about him. So yeah. I mean, we were born into sin. So automatically that puts us in a in a state where we're already separated, we're already enemies of Christ. And so reality is we do relate a lot to to Saul. And, and you know, we may not have been going out there and looking to go and you know kill people because of the faith or anything like that, but you know, still we were coming against God. And let's look at a scripture here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. We're going to look at this because this is all of us here, okay? So Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. And it says here, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. Wow. Okay. So he's pointing, you know, he's saying, and you, you know, and, and he's in this, you know, that's what I love about the Bible is every writer always puts themselves in that same place. But he's referring to all of us, you know, he's saying, and you who once were alienated, that word alienate is to be shut out from one's fellowship and intimacy or to be estranged. And we were talking about that, you know, we were, we were talking about that and that word estranged really comes out of this and you know, in reality, it is it's what we're what we're looking at is there was what you say yesterday there was no no relationship, no relationship, and basically no connection. And you know, it's amazing how we can be like that with with people. You know, we you know we know people, different things, but a lot of times, just because we know them or we've seen them or we you know heard about them or maybe they're a part of our lives, but because of you know time or you know you know whatever it is. There's a separation. So what happens is now there's no connection and there's no relationship. You know, there was no relationship on that. Exactly. We were separated. That's a pretty, that's a really good way of putting it, Sister Linda. Thank you for that. We were separated. And that's pretty much what it is. You know, you see that in relationships many times. There's a separation because there's no connection. And there's, you know, there's, there's a miss, something missing in the relationship. Well, the scripture is telling us here that we were all there. We were separated from God. We were we were alienated. We were, you know, there was no connection. There was no relationship. Yeah. And obviously we're seeing that in Paul's life because Paul is comes to a place to say, who are you, Lord? So he was alienated and he didn't have a connection. He didn't have a relationship or else he would have known who the Lord was. Yeah. He would have not had that question. Yeah. And so we, we see that and it's like, well, wow, you know, this is all of us. So definitely we can relate to Paul because Paul is, you know, doing all this, you know, but it's because there's no connection. He doesn't have a relationship. He doesn't, you know, he's just doing what seems right. And, you know, not only that, but it goes on to say and hostile in mind, you know, so not only is there no connection or relationship, but it's saying we were hostile in mind. And that word hostile is to be opposing or to be at enmity by with God by our sin, to be hateful. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, people don't want to know God or even myself, you know, was just like, 
I didn't want to know God because I didn't want him to tell me what to do or I didn't want to acknowledge that what I was doing or how I was living was wrong or, you know, it just makes things harder <laughs> to, to that, sin. And those are the lies that we fed ourselves because how would we know that we were going to be able to do what we wanted to do if we came to know him? We were extremely hostile to, towards him. Yeah. I mean, think about where you came from. Towards somebody we didn't know. Yeah, exactly. We didn't even know we were doing this, but because of our lives and the action in our lives and the sin in our lives, and because reality of it is we were rejecting Christ, even though we maybe we didn't even really know that, but it was this was our lives. We were born into sin. This is automatically what sin did to humanity, is it caused us to be at enmity with God. There was no connection, no relationship. We were separated. And so automatically we're living, we're doing what we're doing, not recognizing that this is actually us. We were alienated, and, and because of that, we were hostile in mind. And that word mind, it's really referring to our thoughts. Because everything we think, you know, the Bible says our thoughts are continually wicked, you know, our emotions, you know, it's it's all against God. And it's not that we're we look, it's just that's just our nature. You know, just, yeah. that's why it's such a battle as a Christian, because like, Lord, I don't want to think this way no more. I don't want to act like this. I don't. How do you run from yourself? <laughs> yeah, that's a hard place. It's like, you know, even if we let the or like, you know, we're maybe we're at odds or something. But, you know, you can. <laughs> but what do we do? Just stomp our feet and like go like this. We're in the same house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But at least we could go to another room or, you know, something like that, you know. Um but how do you run away from yourself? How do you, you know, you just, you can't. You're like, oh, man, you know, I, I love what Saul, you know, Paul says, how wretched, man. It's just like, man, I can't, I can't get rid, I can't get away from myself. You know, it's like, man. So we were we were all here. And, and it goes on to say, doing evil deeds. So because of it, we were just living wickedly, you know. In our own way. Yeah. In our own way. You know, and you may say, well, I wasn't that bad as well. You know what? If we rejected Christ and we were unrepented, it was, it was bad. We were separated from Christ because the Bible says there was there's none good, none that does good. I mean, we all need God. You know, and this is something that we really had to come to a place and recognize. If this was caused in our, and this was our way of living. This is our way of living. This is how we see things. And really, this really comes down to a place um, you know, if you want to read Proverbs, Proverbs chapter three, verse seven, what the Bible tells us what not to do. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. So reality is Paul was just really living life, being wise in his own eyes with what he knew. With what he knew. And many of us, we were just being wise in our own. This is all we knew. This is how we view. This is, you know, this is how we, you know, this is why we've always encouraged, you know, parents and, you know, especially work, working with the rich kids and stuff like that. Don't pretend to be a Christian. Be a believer. Be a disciple of Christ. Let your family and your kids and those around you really see, you know, who you are. But in that, being able to see the love of God and the grace and the mercy of God within your lives. Because what happens is when we try to teach our kids you know, how to just be a Christian, then we give them this false sense of like who God is, you know, and 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 that's not what we're supposed to do, but not just with our kids, but in, in, in our lives in general, with anyone who's around us, it's really seeing the grace and the mercy of God within our hearts and in our lives, 
you know, in the love of God through it. And this is something we learn through it. It's not something we automatically know, but we're learning through it as we get to know the Lord. Always learning. Just like to be able to be a teacher, master something, you have to have practice. So a teacher had to be a student before. And, you know, they, they don't stop being a teacher. They continue being, I mean, they don't stop being a student. They continue learning all the time. So Yeah. Continue to keep learning. We can't give orders or bark orders, and ourselves never had that experience as well. Very true, very true. I mean, we all we're all still continuing to learn through all of this, and and reality is, I mean, we we all have our ways. We have our whether it was you know it was our upbringing, you know how we grew up, our traditions, our our you know um, what I mean, culture, our yeah, our surroundings, our surroundings, yeah, whatever it was, what however our we were taught. Yeah, we were taught in such ways and we grew up with such ways of thinking and different things. I mean, that just doesn't turn off overnight. It doesn't, you know, it, it's not something like, it's okay, yeah, it's not a switch. Now it's a process because there's some things, yeah, it's like, oh, well, okay, now, you know, I, I, you know, that I get. But there's so much more that is there that we don't even realize is a part of our character. Yeah. I mean, you know. Well, knowing right from wrong are different than from actions. Yeah. It, it takes something. That's just embedded in me and you. You know, it's it's like it's just so many different things within us that just are part of our lives. So, you know, what, guys, if, if you look at yourself today and we look at ourselves, don't be so down and hard on yourself. Just realize how great God is like, man, Lord, thank you that you are working that out. I, I, I see from a place now. It's like, man, I was I was definitely an enemy of God. I was, you know, and you saved me. And now it's like you're. You know, I don't want to use this word, but, you know, you watch a movie and they reprogram him. You know, they, they got Terminator, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they were able to reprogram him. You know, and now he was used for good, you know, or there's an episode of this doll that's, you know, it's a show that, you know, the doll's evil. And all it did was flick on the switch, you know, oh, this doll set for evil and they switch it to good. And now it's all helpful and servanthood and stuff like that, you know, but it's, it's you know, it, it's, it's a process. That's why the Bible says to renew our minds. You know, to renew our minds daily, because now we have to. It's it's a whole new way of thinking, and God doesn't his his ways and his thoughts are higher than ours. And you know, to us it may seem like God, you're backwards, but really, no, we're the ones that are backwards. You know, it's it's God's whose ways are right, and because He knows all things, so this is all part of you know recognizing this. And really, when we look at Saul. Saul was only doing what he felt, what he knew was right. He was wise in his own eyes. It was his reality. Yeah, this was his reality. And so this is, you know, not something that we can knock Paul, you know, Paul on. I keep saying Paul, Saul, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's it's something that we all faced. We were all there. And there's many today that are still there. And but you know what? There's still hope because the Lord saved you and me. And you know what? He can save them as well. You know, and this is this next verse really you know, very encouraging in uh, Acts chapter nine, verse three. As we go back over here, look what it says here in verse 3. And, and everyone's going to read a little bit different. I know let these read a little bit different. And I'll have her read it right now. It says, now as he went on his way. Okay. I, I really want us to catch that. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. How does yours read that? As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. So think about this. I mean, we were on our way. We were on our own life's journey. Okay. We were on our way 
to whatever we were doing, how we were living. I mean, you know, we were on the highway to, you know, no, you know where without Christ, but, you know, but it was a path. I mean, you know, we, we talked about months ago, highway to heaven, but, you know, which is the way, the truth, and the life. But we were on a path, you know, but we were in our own way, our own mind. Just, you know, Paul here, it says he went on his way or on his journey. But what is so amazing on this, think about it. Saul was on his way to go and persecute the church. He was on his way to Damascus because Damascus was a very largely known trading area. And from there, there was so many different outlets. And for whatever, you know, maybe, you know, one of the reasons for him to go down there is their concern is like, man, this, this gospel, what they're doing is going to spread so much easier from there because there's so many different walks of life there. And, you know, so this is one of the places he chooses to say, hey, I'm going to go there. We're going to start to drag men and women, all those that are of the way. And so he was he was on his way. He had his moment set. He had his purpose. And this is what he was going to do. And what happens? And suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. On Saul's way, on his own journey, the Lord met him there. How many of us here tonight watching this? I mean, I know for our lives, we, you know, we were talking about it. But aren't you thankful that the Lord met you on your way? Very thankful. Right? Because we had our way set. We had our path that we were walking on. and Our journey. Yeah. It was our journey to where we were going, where we were headed. And... It was the Lord that met me and you. Maybe it wasn't a bright light that shone all around us, but it was the Lord. And he was there to meet us. And so you may know many today that are on their own way and wise in their own eyes, just like me and you were there, alienated and hostile in mind towards God, you know, and, 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 and doing evil deeds. But the Lord met Saul. The Lord met me and you, all of us, and the Lord could still meet them right where they're at. And it may be, I mean, it's amazing to think about, but it may be it's needed for them. To, you know, many times we want to get somebody to go on a different on a different way, you know, on a different path, on a different journey. No, 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 you need to go here. It's like, I'm not God. You're not God. We're not God. We can point them into the direction. We can point them to the way. But they have to come to know themselves just as you and me did, as we had to come to know ourselves. And, but it's still possible because as crazy as this way was that Paul was on, this path, this journey, the Lord was able to meet him there. Yeah, it wasn't impossible. And it was planned. The Lord knew. So let's look at verse four through nine here. This is the response of Saul. It says, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. 
So this is Saul's encounter with the Lord here as the Lord meets him on the road to Damascus. Let's look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 4 through 8. So Philippians chapter 3, verse 4 through 8, and, and let going to read that for us. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for seal, persecuting the church, and as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. To eight, right? Mm -hmm. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Amen. So imagine this. I mean, Saul was an educated man. I mean, he was, you know, he in that portion of scripture, he's using that like, you know, I, I was everything I thought I was supposed to be. And, you know, and, and you know what? He had zeal and he was doing this for God. He, you know, he thought he was, you know, right. right. He was wise in his own eyes, you know, and everything he was doing was like, well, they're coming against our religion. They're coming against our ways. And you know what? I have to do something about this. And he shares that and he recognizes that, you know, so, you know, he was only doing what he knew. Just like many of us, we were only doing what we knew. You know, this was all we knew our whole life, you know, and maybe that's what it was, was, well, I, you know, I grew up going to church and, you know, that's what I knew. That's what I did. That's what I did, you know, and then I was always thinking I was okay. Like, that's cool. You know, as long as I show up on Sunday and, you know, get my prayer in or whatever it may be you know, then I'm okay with God. And, and, you know, hopefully I'll make it to heaven. That's, it's a lot of, you know, words that people use. And instead of realizing, no, there's a way to know you can, you're going to be with God in heaven, you know, but again, that comes from the relationship part. So we see here that Paul, you know, Paul is on his way here. He's doing all this work, you know, has all this information, but then comes to a place and doesn't realize you're persecuting Christ. You know, he's doing all this, and it says he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You know what's amazing about this is Jesus makes it personal, even in the, in the persecution. To persecute is to pursue, pursue in a hostile manner. So remember, we talked about being hostile in mind. Well, he's pursuing in a hostile manner to harass or to trouble and to even to extents to kill, to murder, to, to you know, to whatever it may be, whatever it felt out was necessary to do so. And Jesus is taking this personally, and he's challenging him and saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And this is like a wake-up call because Saul is, that's, you know, he's like, wait a minute, you know, he's got his whole focus, and now the Lord is saying, no, this is me and you right here, and you are persecuting me. And let's look at John 15, 20. Let you look at this for us here. I mean, she'll read this for us here. But John 15, 20. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obey my teaching, they will obey yours also. Amen. 
So he says it right there. He says, look, if they're persecuting you, they're persecuting me. Or they persecute him, they're going to persecute us. It just comes with it because it's them, it's him that they persecute, not us. It's the one that is in me and you. Okay? And that's why Jesus takes this so personally. He's like, no, what you do unto them, you're doing unto me. He tells that in another parable. He says, what you've done for the least of these, you've done unto me. You know, but even in the sense to when they're persecuting, you know, Jesus is making this personal. No, you're persecuting me. This is me you're persecuting. And that's that's like a blessing to me and you because it's like, wow, Lord, you know, you got our backs. You know, you're 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 gonna you're taking care, of, you're standing up for your people, and, and you because we belong to you and we're in, you know, we're in Christ Jesus. And so if they persecute the church, they're persecuting Christ. And he lets Saul know this. And all of a sudden we see this, and you know, we may say, Well, I didn't persecute the church, I didn't, you know, I didn't do anything. Well, honestly. Whatever, however we were living and the thoughts we were doing, I mean, we, again, we were still at enmity with God. And, you know, and honestly, for me, I, I use that for many years as an excuse, you know, for Christians. I mean, I saw, I, I would say, oh, Christians are, you know, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to do this and all that. In reality, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know very many Christians. <laughs> this was in my own mind, in my own thought, in the picture that I created of what a Christian is or what I thought a Christian is. Yeah, or what I heard how other people describe Christians. So to me, it was like, I don't want anything to do with that, you know. And this is how I portrayed my way of seeing a, a Christian was in that same like manner in my thoughts. But really not really knowing for myself, you know. And, and, and in many ways, that's I use that as an excuse, really, just to not come to the Lord, you know. But in a sense, we are all guilty in some way of doing so because we reject Christ and we reject everything that, that he, you know, sets for us. And the Bible says we are to be the bride of Christ, you know, to be his servants, to be his children, you know. And and so Jesus is letting him know this is me. You know, this is a personal thing. You know, now, you know, you're, you're having to deal with me. And so we see one one of the greatest enemies here of the church, Saul. Now the Lord is meeting him on that way and letting him know, no, this is me who you're persecuting. And Saul comes to that place. This is, this is what's amazing about all of this. Out of everything that Saul had in you, he comes to a place to say, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? Yeah, that's a shocker. He didn't know him. We didn't know him. Everything that we thought, I mean... We didn't know him. We didn't know him. We knew about him, but we didn't know him. And Saul and all that he had and all, you know, everything that he was. His bloodline, his upbringing, his schooling, everything. And he still had to ask. He still had to ask. Who are you? Who are you? He didn't know the Lord. So everything he was doing, he did it in ignorance. He did it in not understanding or knowing. And that's the mercy of God. That's the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is that. Yet the Lord will still die for him as the Lord still died for me and you. And there was a time that me and you didn't know the Lord. We knew of the Lord. We heard things about the Lord, but we didn't know the Lord. And there are many today that still yet don't quite know the Lord. But we know that they can know him. Because when you know the Lord, then you just realize there's so much more to him. And 
this is just an amazing place here. And he, and, and he says, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. He tells him who he is. He reminds him and lets him know, I'm Jesus. It's me who you are persecuting. And not only that, he gives him a command of what to do next from there. And you know what's amazing is that there was, you know, here, there's other scriptures that, you know, where Saul explained, it tells about this testimony. And, you know, the other was don't hear what the, what the word of God is saying. But, you know, what's amazing is, is through the group of the, through the crowd, through the people. You may be the only one that gave your life to the Lord that really knew the Lord in that time. Saul was with other people, but he was the only one that had that encounter with God. That's how personal God is. Is that he will pick you, he'll, he'll get you your attention in the midst of the crowd, on the midst of your way as he did to you and me. And he will make himself known to you. And not by chance, because he knows us. Right here, he knew Saul. Yeah. He called him. And the others were just speechless. They knew something was going on, but they just didn't know exactly. They heard the voice, yeah. And even though maybe our, our, you know, our encounter with the Lord, when we came to know the Lord and the Lord made himself known, or we knew there was a tug in our heart, maybe the heavens didn't open up and there wasn't a bright light. But whether there was a bright light or not, whether the heavens ripped open, whether there was an earthquake, whatever. But the moment that the Lord made himself known to you and got your attention and got my and got our attention, that was a miracle. That was an amazing place. That was a place that you can't say, you know what? I did have such a time as Saul had. I did have that same, I was in that same place as Saul because maybe his action and his lifestyle was different than mine, but regardless, the Lord met us. The Lord met us. And so we can be encouraged with that to know, well, Lord, you met me right where I was at on my own way, on my own journey. And you took that time to know me. And as we read on, it says that the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but see no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drink. What an, what an encounter with the Lord. But you know what's amazing is, is that you now see, and, and I love you know how we're kind of reading different thoughts on it, that this representation of the physical blindness was just really an outcome really just a reality of his spiritual blindness now in the physical. Yeah. And he was on his way to Damascus, but now we see there was a change because now he's needed to be led into Damascus. There was a shift. And how many of us know that in our lives there was a shift? And we, when we had that opportunity to know the Lord, it was like, well, wait a minute, I still went home, I still went to work, I still, you know, you know, whatever we were doing, we're still, you know, we, because we became a Christian, all of a sudden we didn't, our whole lives didn't change, now, you know, my, I could leave my job, all that, no, we continued on our way, but there was a change though, because now the Lord was leading me and you, 
And we see here Saul now being led into Damascus as opposed to him on his way to Damascus. And how many of us know that the Lord will always lead me and you as we keep our eyes on him? So this is an amazing portion of scripture here. It was really just an acknowledgement of who the Lord is. That's really all it is. And that's important. You know, we see many of the, you know, like um, Greg Laurie and, um, you know, Franklin Glam or Billy Graham and all these evangelists that go out there and, and bring the, the word of the Lord. That's what it's all about. It's, it's the fact of just that heart's desire that if it's even just that one out of hundreds or thousands or, you know, people, that that one will have an acknowledgement of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. And they may not even know that, you know, but it's such a blessing. Like I said, being in that harvest, you know, 12 years ago, you know, and being that one that the Lord just really spoke to my heart. You know, Greg Laurie doesn't know me, but Christ does. And that was just such an amazing. And then to come here and to be able to really just that was that place where it was just like there was a change. There was a change. The harvest was just that acknowledgement and an opening of the eyes that, whoa, there's more to this. And even in all that I knew, all that this was a shaking up just to kind of get me to that place to, what did you say, Rita? To get my attention? To get your attention. To get the attention. The turning point. The turning point. And in that got my family's attention. And and it's just been such a blessing. It's, it's such a blessing. So we see that in all of this. Any, any thoughts on that or? Uh, no. Okay. One more thing as we, as, we're, as we get ready to go on to the next portion, you know, and we'll close up in that part. But I want us to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 here, verse 3 through 11. And, and I saw this, you know, Sherry left you earlier about a footnote that I read on this. And it was, it was very interesting on this. But let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 through 11. This is also very important on this. And it says, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 5,000 brothers, 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be a called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believe. And what's amazing about that, we look at that, and we get to see Paul wasn't there with the apostles when they saw the Lord in the resurrection. He wasn't there when the 500 saw him, but he did see the Lord and he saw the risen Jesus. And, and that is amazing because that was very important because he would be an apostle that would go and preach to the Gentiles. And he refers back to that saying, but I also saw the Lord Jesus as they did. And it was just that confirmation that this was what he was called to do as an apostle, to be able to go and establish these churches and to spread the word of God and to show that he was no, 
less important or anything like that. This was part of his call and his purpose as well. You know, some may say he was a little late to the party, but no, he wasn't. He, it was right on time. The Lord called him and set him aside for that time and that purpose and to show his glory through Saul's life. Just as God called me and you for such a time as this, for such a purpose, because me and you do have a purpose. Me and you do have a responsibility because as we read that part, we're seeing a man who was in his way who didn't know who the Lord is. Now we're going to see, and this is now also part of us today, a man who did know the Lord and knew the Lord's voice as we look at Ananias. Because in verse 10, it says, now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. So it just doesn't say there was a man. It says there was a disciple referring to Ananias. This was a learner. This was a follower of Christ. So this was a man who knew the Lord. Amen. That is, that is an amazing thing. And as we go into this next portion, what it reminds me of us, we were talking about it, is it reminds me of the last couple of teachings we have. Wake up. It's time to go. And just like this last Sunday, your invitation or your mission, should you choose to accept it. Okay? Because we're going to see this man that's basically being told, wake up. It's time to go. And your invitation, your, your call, your mission, should you choose to accept it. And this is now a place of a man, of a person who knows the Lord and now the responsibility and the response to respond to him. And this is something that we all have, because look, it says, now there was a disciple of Damascus named Ananias and the Lord said to him in a vision. He didn't say, who are you, Lord? He look at his response, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So this should be our response as Christians, as those who now know the Lord, not who are you, Lord, but here I am, Lord. And verse 11 says, and the Lord said to him, here's that wake up, it's time to go rise and go to the street called straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. Okay. So now we see a person that, you know, it's like me and you that, you know, gives. Now he's saying, here I am, Lord. And the Lord is speaking to him and telling him this, is what I want you to do. I want you to go. And so we're seeing two different people, one that doesn't know the Lord, that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. And we're seeing one that does have a relationship with the Lord. Okay. Now we today have a relationship with the Lord. And now we're, so we're basically kind of looking at this in the place from Ananias. All right. One who believes, one who already knows. Yeah. One who believes, one who already knows. And that's why it's so important because many times we might look down on ourselves because, well, I don't have all the, you know, all the head knowledge or all the, you know, the, I don't get every single word or this just, I don't retain. And we, we kind of psych ourselves out and we put ourselves in this place where it's like, you know, how am I going to share? How am I going to tell somebody about Christ? How am I going to pray for somebody? How am I going to share a word or, you know, give an encouragement or something like that? How's the Lord going to use me? Well, it's all about your relationship. Yeah. That right there, Ananias hearing the Lord is because Ananias had a relationship with the Lord. And in that relationship with the Lord, he was able to hear the Lord's voice and he was able to be told of what to do. Ananias was able to go share because of the relationship he had with the Lord. You and me can share today because of the relationship that we have with 
the Lord. If I go tell somebody that Letty told me and I can come and tell you it's because of the relationship that we have together. And I can come and share what she has shared with me because of that relationship. And it's the same thing with Christ. What makes you worthy, what makes you able to tell others about the Lord or share something about the Lord is because of your relationship with Christ Jesus. And just sharing many times what the Lord has already done for you and what he's done for them. Yeah, simple. Yeah. Any, you know, any thoughts or... No, I, I mean, it's being answered as we're reading it and they're explaining it, that it, it's being ready and knowing God, how important it is to know God and to know of him. Because it's all, it's all about the relationship. Mm -hmm. It's really just knowing him. And, and this, is, this is all of us. I'm pretty sure you know yeah. this you as well. <laughs> Verse 13, it says, And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. I, I know for, you know, I, it's, it's just amazing, right? We know the Lord. He tells us to do something or, you know, hey, go talk to that person or bless somebody with this. And isn't it amazing that we always question God? Why? Why? We might not say, who are you? But one of our questions is, well, why, Lord? I mean, don't you know? <laughs> you know, Immediately. We, yeah, I was trying to think of a subtle answer. But we're, we don't just say why. We're like, why? Mm -hmm. We take that deep breath and we sigh and we, why? <laughs> and not only that, we find every excuse why not to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, like, like God doesn't know. They don't care, or what if they're not there, or what if they're not interested? And, I mean, yeah. really, was was God was was God going to answer to Ananias and say, "Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh man, I'm sorry, Ananias. You know, forget that. You know, let's hold off on that real quick. Don't don't go to Saul because I, I didn't know about that. You know, it's like, and, and it's amazing with us. We do the same thing. I mean, the Lord, you know, we we, yeah, we act surprised. You know, like the Lord wants us to step out or to do something or is calling, and we're just like, well, Lord, you know, I, I have this, I have that, I have work, kids, I have this, I have that. You know, we have all these different things. Like, well, yeah, it sounds that. like all of us. <laughs> yeah, it's like. He knows that. <laughs> I have this past. I have this. I have this. Like, <laughs> we know every excuse, even to say, we don't even have gas in the car. I don't have money. Everything. Yeah. I mean, we can, we have we so think many. Of everything. We think of everything. And, and Ananias is no different than us. Mm -hmm. He was doing the same thing. We would have all did the same thing. But his concerns were. I mean, yeah, there were legit concerns though. Oh yeah, guys, yeah, definitely. That was a real, that was a real, that was a real issue. These guys persecuting, these guys putting people in prison just because they believe. Like, yeah. Are you sure? I mean, man, you sure, guy? You want me to go to that guy? That guy's gonna arrest me, man. He's gonna take me in. What are you talking about? You know, and and no, but look, and then the Lord just goes on to say, but the Lord said to him, "Go, make up his time to go." For he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And you know what's beautiful about that is that Ananias has a purpose, you know, and that's one of the amazing things about having a relationship with the Lord and being in Christ is that me and you recognize and acknowledge now. We're not only just saved and, and you know, thank you, Lord, for saving us from our sins and delivering us and all that and healing us, but it's, it's so much more because it's like I shared earlier about, you know, growing up in church and all that different things. But 
I really didn't understand that the Lord had a purpose for my life in, in knowing that there's a plan and provision for it. And now, you know, Ananias is, he has a purpose. And one of his purposes in that was to go, to go share this with Paul. But not only that, he's going now and sharing with Paul that Paul has a purpose and there is a reason for his life. And how amazing is that for us today as Christians, that to know that God has a purpose for me and you, for all of us. And in that purpose, we are able to share with somebody else and let them know, and God has a plan and a purpose for you as well. How encouraging is that? Very encouraging. Because there's just so many people that are lost today without purpose, without hope, or just feel like, you know, and or maybe they, they, they're in their purpose and this is what I have. But, you know, like, that's, you know, but that's going to take you nowhere, you know, without God. It's, it's like and we're able to share that because we recognize, well, Lord, I may not understand what the purpose and the plan is. I may not understand the final outcome, but I do believe it. And because of that, we're able to share with someone else to let them know. But God loves you. God has a purpose for you. Christ died for you. You know, and it comes down from that relationship, Real, really just believing that. And that's what Ananias is being challenged to do is now go and tell Saul this same thing, that there's a purpose, there's a reason, and this is what you're going to be doing. You know, any thoughts? <laughs> now you answered it. Wondering, well, what's my purpose? What can I do? It's just... First of all, believe and know that it is the Lord who speaks and be ready. Because when you're asked to do something, you don't know the time, you know. Yeah. We just have to know that the words God gives us, that we already feel that unction within us, it's, we have to do it. Yeah. You can't sit around with it, you can't babysit it, you can't hide it, you have to do it. And it's like, you know, we, and that's what he does. He goes up and, and verse 17, so Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, and look at how he re refers to him, brother Saul. You know, he's acknowledging him. He's believing the Lord here. He's taking this like step of faith and he calls him brother Saul. You know, believing, okay, Lord, you, I'm going to believe what you said. And the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. So by Ananias going to do this in the obedience, the Lord heals Saul and opens his eyes. And because Ananias went out there, you know, now there is a true conversion from Saul. And Saul is now filled with the Holy Spirit. He's baptized identifying himself now with Christ, identifying himself with the one he now is able to know, but not only that, as one who now accepts the will of God for his life. And that's me and you. And, and we were looking at that word conversion, and, and you know we were looking at that, and really the word conversion is to be suitable for a new purpose. That is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, we can, you know, we converted to the Lord and we became now suitable for a new purpose, as all of us did. And all those today who will come to the Lord and acknowledge him, they now become suitable for a new purpose, not because of our perfections or of who we are, but because of our faith in Christ Jesus. And that is, that's amazing. 
because we were living life, we were existing, we had our way, our journey, but now it's suitable for a new purpose. Yeah. And you, we all together, as, as we were converted in the Lord, and we were baptized and we acknowledge the Lord, now we're living in that purpose. We have that new purpose, that life-giving purpose that the Lord died for us for. And just like Ananias, we too are called to do the same. But that comes from the conversion of knowing the Lord. And we're going to close up with, um, with Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 through 15. And let these in read down for us. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 through 15. Verse 6, for the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk, whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. From those whose words are perverse, who lead the straight path to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Amen. That's the wisdom of God when we were wise in our own eyes, but the Lord opened up our eyes. And because of that, we walk now in wisdom and the protection of the Lord in the wisdom of the Lord being delivered, set free no longer bound and now knowing the truth and knowing that how I was living before wasn't the right way. And, you know, but now in Christ, he is the way, the truth and the life. And his word says, no one comes to the father except through him. And this is the wisdom of the Lord. But let's go. Let's, let's now look at one more scripture here as we close up tonight. First Corinthians chapter one, because who is the wisdom of God? Well, we're going to see that. Because, see, Saul knew God or believed in God, the Father, the God of Israel. But, see, the true wisdom and the true knowing of God really didn't come until he, he confessed the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where the wisdom came in, the wisdom of God. Because in verse um, chapter 1, verse 22 of 1 Corinthians says this. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both the Jews and Greeks, can also look at it as Gentiles, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And we become wise in the wisdom of God because Christ is the wisdom of God. And it's not a matter of how much you know, it's a matter of who we know. And the more that we get to know him, the more his wisdom is able to teach me in you and instruct me in you and help us to grow, to know him. So therefore in that we can share with others who he is because it all has to do with the relationship. Because like Paul, we've said, Paul came to a place 
who are you, Lord? We were all there. But now, because we know him, our lives are changed forever. And it's continually getting to know him more. Amen. Coming from a place where we didn't know to know for the Lord to speak to the heart and for us to believe and have that understanding now, it's that's the power of God that this conversion we all have taken place in. Yeah. It's nothing, it's not a sign that we need to look for, it's just knowing that now we know. The light did shine in yeah. our lives. Yeah. The light shines in our hearts. So you can look back in your life today. You've given your life to the Lord and you've confessed the Lord Jesus Christ and he has made himself known to you. And you know the Lord today. Then you can acknowledge and say, you know what? I did have a conversion like Saul because I was in that place as well. I was at enmity with God. I was hostile in mind. I was alienated from God. I was on my own way. And it wasn't until the Lord met me in that place that I really got to know and say, who are you, Lord? And there are many today that maybe don't know the Lord, but today can be the day of salvation that you can ask, who are you, Lord? Or maybe today, many today are asking that question and they're going to church and they're, they're learning and, and they've given their lives to the Lord, but we can come to that place and still ask the Lord, but who are you, Lord? And the Lord will make himself known to us. But also in that place of recognizing our responsibility because we know him that we can share we can do, and there is a purpose like Ananias. Mm -hmm. And though we may have our times and we may question, Lord, well, how, Lord, or what, Lord, and we may give the Lord like Moses, Lord, but I don't, you know, have the words to speak. I, you know, you know, but as the Lord says, did he not make the mouth? Did he not make all these things? Even in our excuses, even in our, our questions to the Lord, but the Lord will still use me and you. And it just come in that place to recognize, but Lord, you know all things. And we trust him because we believe him as Lord. We believe him as the risen one. So therefore, we can't believe what's asked of us to do and not be afraid of it. Yeah. Excuses we can pile and keep walking and probably would probably be walking on stilts if we went on all our excuses. But no, we, we believe and we know we are changed. That conversion brought in transformation. And we're not the same anymore. Yes. And you're a blessing. You are wise. You have the wisdom of God because you have Christ and Christ is the wisdom of God. So just know that today. You're a very wise person because you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today. And it may be foolishness to many, but that's okay because God's wisdom is wiser than any wisdom of the world. And the Lord can meet them right where they're at. So again, be encouraged for those that you see on their own journey in their own way. The Lord will meet them. Just many times we just have to make sure we don't get in that way. So the Lord can make meet them there, you know, and, and allow the Lord to let himself be made known to them in their lives. Amen. But thank you, Jesus, that we know him today. And and he's thank God that, he met us. that he met us right where we're at, you know, and he continues to do that for us today. He's here with us today. He's in our hearts. He's in your heart today. He's in our lives. We are the temple of the living God. And you know what? He's going to get, he'll bring you through. And he is faithful to finish that work that he began in our lives. Amen. Amen. So it's just, you know, and, and, and this is just part of chapter nine. We still have a lot more to go through. We're looking forward to what the Lord is going to, you know, show us through that. 
And, uh, you know, we just want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. And, uh, you know, if there's any, you know, thing you want to type up on there before we close up tonight on the chat, feel free to do so. Um, but just be encouraged tonight. You know what? You are a miracle. And you know what? You can rejoice. And, you know, just how the Lord met you. I mean, man, that's. Yeah, it's worth rejoicing, rejoicing over when we think about it. Yeah. And, you he know, he met us and, and you know, he's changed many. He's changed our lives, you know, and our lives will never be the same now because of it. So, And you know what? He'll never give up on us. So thank the Lord for that. Amen. Uh, we do see this prayer request here for Brother Tom, healing and restoration. So we're going to continue to pray for you, Brother Tom. Um, okay, also got a text here as well. So. I am a child of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Amen. Thank you for sharing that tonight. Amen. Yes, we are. We are a child of God. That's who we are tonight. Amen. Chosen with a purpose. Chosen with a purpose. Amen. The proof is in our conversion because we believe. Amen. And you know that only God can do that. Only he can convert us. Yeah, that's right. And because we know the Lord, we're able to pray for our brother Tom, and we're able to pray for each other and pray for one another. Amen. So... You know, we're also going to lift up um, one of a, a, a co-worker of mine, employee that works for me. Um, you know, he recently just fell off a 20-foot ladder, you know, hurt himself pretty bad. So we're going to lift him up in prayer for restoration and healing and, uh, and you know, and through all of this. Um, you know, so any other prayer requests you have tonight, feel free to put them up here as well. We're continuing to pray for our brothers and sisters here in the Lord. And, uh, you know, we have many prayer requests in, our, in, this, in this house, definitely. You know, so we're just going to bring them before the Lord. So if you'd like to put up a prayer request here, um, you know, feel free to do so. We would definitely love to pray with you guys. And even while we're praying tonight, you know, just feel free to go ahead and type that up. Or even if you don't type it up, just, you know, give it to the Lord as we're coming together in agreement tonight. Amen. Um, yes, yeah, Sister Rosman, for your niece, Vanessa, she's still in critical condition. Um, amen. So we're going to, and also your sister-in-law being tested for thyroid cancer. Her name is Corliss. Okay. So we're lifting her up as well. We'll also be lifting them up as well. And uh, also the, uh, the Rodriguez family as well. We'll be praying for them as well. And uh, you know, so that's one of the blessings we have. We know who the Lord is, and we know we can come to him tonight. Amen. So let's, let's close up. Let's uh, come together in prayer this night. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for just reminding us tonight, Lord, of just such the blessing of knowing you, Lord. And Father God, Lord, and, and just thank you, Lord, for meeting us in our lives, Lord, and our own way and our own journey and being wise in our own lives, Lord Jesus. And Father God, just, you know, for, you know, just intervening in our lives, Lord. And we're just so grateful to you, Lord God, for allowing us and giving us the opportunity to know you, Lord. And even to this day, Father, we're still finding out so much, Lord God, of where we were at and the lives we were living, Father God, and now just being able to know you, Lord, it's just so amazing, my God. And we're grateful tonight, Lord, because, Father God, Lord, you are still able to meet those, Father, today that are still on that path. They're still in their own way, my God, on their own journey. But, Lord, you're able to meet them right where they're at, Father God. So we just thank you for that tonight, Lord. And, Father, just to be reminded of that great conversion, Lord, of the day that we were able to confess you as our Lord and Savior, the day that... You became known to us in our hearts, my God. Thank you for that, my God. 
because, Lord, our lives have never been the same, Lord. We are children of God now. We are a child of God with a purpose, Lord. And because of that and because we know and believe in that purpose for our lives, Lord, and that this is why you paid that price for us, Lord, we're able to tell others, my God, that there is a purpose for them, my God. And that, Lord Jesus, you died for them, Lord God, just as you did for us and how much you love them, Father. So we're just so grateful for that tonight, Lord. And my God, thank you, Lord Jesus, for we know many today, family members, loved ones, co-workers, classmates, neighbors, those in our community, you know, Father, in our country, Lord. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you can meet them right where they're at, Lord. And that, Lord Jesus, they can come to know you, Lord, and recognize and acknowledge you, Lord and confess you as their Lord and Savior, that they may have that relationship with you. And Father, even for today, those, my God, that haven't quite got there, Lord, and are believing, but don't really know you yet. They're just, they want to, Lord. Father, open up their hearts, Lord, and help them to continue to keep their eyes on you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, that they will have the desire to know you and that you will allow yourself to be known to them, Lord. And that they will have an open and willing heart, Father, and Father, today, that just those don't know you, Lord, that, Father, that they would call on you today, Lord Jesus, and ask to know you, Lord, to want to know you, Lord Jesus, and to confess you and repent of their sins and confess you as their Lord and Savior. And even us today, Lord Jesus, Lord, we as those that, like Ananias, Father, help us to be in that place to say, here I am, Lord, to be willing, Lord Jesus, to, in this relationship, to be able to be responsive and active in our faith, Lord, by knowing you, Lord, in the relationship and to do, Lord, for your purpose and your glory, my God. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this day. And, Father, we just thank you, Lord Jesus, for your faithfulness. And, Lord, tonight, Lord, as those that do know you, Lord, we come together and we ask you in Jesus' name, Lord, for these prayer requests, Father, tonight, for healing and restoration. Father God, Lord Jesus, for deliverance, Father God for peace and comfort, Lord, and the reports and the things that have been said, Lord, and Father, news that was not easy to receive, my God, but Lord, we are knowing and standing and believing, Lord Jesus, that you are the life through it all. You have that life-giving word, my God. You are the way, the truth, and the life, Lord Jesus. And Lord, in you there is life, so in the name of Jesus, you know every prayer request that we have mentioned and that are upon our hearts tonight, and in the name of Jesus, we speak life into those prayer requests tonight in Jesus' name. And we stand together believing, Lord, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, Lord Jesus. You say you are the resurrection and the life, and in you there is life, Lord. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you were able to raise the dead to life, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, you were able to raise up that situation to life, Lord God. And in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that there is power in that name, power to save, power to forgive, power to love, power to heal, power to deliver, my God, power for provision in the name of Jesus, Lord God, and to do according to your word, my God, because we are empowered by your Holy Spirit, my God. So we thank you this night, my God. Because, Lord, we know you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, as we are here today, Lord Jesus, looking to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. So we just thank you this night. We thank you. We just thank you for your joy, your peace, and your comfort, Lord. And we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. 
Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, guys. We do see that prayer request on here as well, Sister Cynthia. And Lupus, um, okay. Amen. And we're believing that through that prayer, Sister Cynthia, as well, that that's going to be a good report. Amen. And that through that, she will know the Lord and she will know that the Lord is with her in every prayer request for every person here, that they will know that the Lord is with them. And if they don't know the Lord, that they will know the Lord through this. Amen. And we're believing this for one of our family members as well. Through it all, he's going to know who the Lord is. Amen. Yes. So praise the Lord. God bless you guys. Well, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Pray with us through the book of John 16 as we, as we pray and come to the Lord in prayer this Friday. And uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. It's just such a blessing to um, know the Lord together with you guys. And, uh, you know, we're good. let's continue to grow together. Amen. 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 So we will see you soon. On Sunday morning, we have our service. And uh, we love you guys. God bless love you guys. You good night.